Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Hey guys, Kevin Cruz here. Welcome to the LeadX Leadership Show, where we help you to stand out and to get ahead at work. Now, as you know, we like to switch things up here, keep it interesting, and to continue that tradition, today on the podcast, instead of me interviewing an expert guest, we're going to have the guest deep dive into their topic. You see, you'll be hearing audio from a LeadX webinar. Now, of course, there are dozens of great webinars on leadership, management, communication, productivity, and more, all archived in the LeadX app. Just visit leadx.org for more information about our webinar archive. So enough on the setup, enough background information. Enjoy. So hello, I'm Frances Cole Jones, and I am the author of How to Wow and the Wow Factor and Wow Your Way into the Job of Your Dreams. And today I'm going to be talking about 10 things that you can do today to wow tomorrow. Because I really think it's important to have as much practical application information as possible. Um, so let's dive in. The first statistic that I give everybody, really no matter what the situation, comes from a study that was done at UCLA. And what they discovered is that if there is ever any discrepancy between the words that you're saying and what your voice is doing while you're talking or what your body's doing while you're speaking, people tend to believe what's not being said to the point that actually people only remember about 7% of what you're saying. So 38% of your impact comes from your tonal quality. And then 55% comes from what your body is doing while you're talking. So what I'm going to talk a little bit about today is, okay, given that, how do you make the words that you're going to be saying as memorable as possible? And then how do you organize your physicality and your tonality so that nothing detracts from what you're trying to get done? Yale University did a study of the 12 most persuasive words in the English language. And what they discovered is that the most persuasive word in the English language is you. So the more that you can, when you're talking to people, be like, as I'm sure you know, and as I'm sure you've heard, and when I was thinking about talking to you today, and it makes sense, right? Because everyone gets up in the morning, and you are the hero of your story. And then if you bump into someone who seems to feel the same way, you're like, I really like them. I don't know why, but I do. So beginning to frame everything in that context. The next statistic I give people comes from a social psychologist named Ellen Langer, who is at Harvard these days. And what she discovered is that there's one word in the English language that increases the possibility of cooperation from 60 to 94%. And that word is because. So I wanted to talk to you today because. And again, what happens is you get up in the morning and you're so super clear on why you need something done um, that you forget to spell it out for other people. And what I tell my clients is that this works just as well in real life as it does in a business context. You know, if you're at the supermarket and somebody cuts the line, you're pissed about it, right? But if they turn to you and they say, you know, do you mind if I cut the line because I'm late to pick up my kids at school, you're going to let the line cut go. You'll probably still be a little bit pissed about it, but you're going to let the line cut go. So you plus because. 
And then the third part of this, and really this is the formula for getting people to do what you want them to do for you anytime, comes from the Duncan Hines cake mix marketing team. And what they discovered over at Duncan Hines is that when they have you at home add the egg to the mix, you're like, I baked, right? I contributed to the cake. Um, and there's no reason for that, you know, because there is powdered egg. They have that technology. But do you know the mixes that you buy and it says that, you know, just add water and you feel sad about yourself and you're being manipulated. <laughs> so how does that work again in a business context? It's figuring out in any situation, what is the egg? Where does what you want or need to have happen intersect with the person you're speaking with? How is it going to make their hopes and dreams come true? And I'll tell you a story to make my point about this for a couple of reasons. Studies show that people remember stories longer, they trust them more, and they repeat them more accurately. So I was working one day with an actress who was going in to read for a really, really strong female part. And I said to her, I said, you know, okay, so why do you want to play this part? And she said, you know, I love this part, and I feel like I was born to play this part. And I thought, oh, that's so nice. Um, but let's, you know, let's look for the egg. So we looked at the resume of the gentleman that she was meeting with. And, you know, for those of you who are old enough to have seen these movies in theaters, or if you've seen them on Turner Classic Movies, he had produced both Kramer versus Kramer, and Fatal Attraction. Sorry, that sound was my dog deciding to shake his collar. And as you know, those are two really super strong female parts. Those are game-changing female roles. So she was able to go into her meeting with him and say, you know, I was so excited when I found out it was you because you are the person who created these iconic female characters that came as no surprise to me that you would buy this script, right? And that was his egg. That's what he was contributing to her success. So you plus because plus the egg is going to get you into the mindset and into the hopes and dreams of the people that you're speaking with. So as I mentioned, people remember stories longer, they trust them more, and they repeat them more accurately. What they also do is they keep you away from what's known in my business as useless modifiers. You know, it's great. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's incredible. It's so cool. And you don't know what I'm talking about. Like I could be talking about my cell phone or I could be talking about my sandwich. Um, so you always need to give me a little bit of a story about why. Well, how is your product or service going to make my life better? Or if you're interviewing for a job and someone says to you, you know, tell me about yourself. It's one of those seemingly innocuous questions where so much can go wrong. And so really the answer to tell me about yourself is, you know, your job description says that you're looking for somebody who can do X. And not only can I do X, I can also do Y and I can do Z. So again, it's a story about yourself that keeps you away from useless modifiers. Like I'm a really great leader. I'm just an amazing leader. I really love to lead people. And nothing is happening in the person's brain. So... Those are the, some of the ways that you can make the words that you're going to be saying as memorable as possible. A few other things I want you to think about is that um, if you're building, you know, for example, a PowerPoint presentation, or if you're putting together a speech of any kind, uh, you want to keep in mind the rule of three, which is that we can only remember three things 
And at point four, we stop listening. And that's why it's, you know, three pigs and three bears and three musketeers. And, you know, there are only three wishes in every fairy story. You know, the genie never comes out of the lamp and gives you four because your brain shuts down. So again, as you begin to talk to people, if you want to come up with three things they should remember about your product or about you, just make sure it's three um, and then don't keep talking. <laughs> okay, so those are some of the ways to make the words that you're going to be saying as memorable as possible. As I mentioned earlier, 38% of your impact comes from your tonal quality, so what your voice is doing while you're speaking. And this is as seemingly small as, you know, when you meet people, and I'm sure you've had this experience, is you'll go to a networking event and someone will be like, say, I'm really happy to meet you. <laughs> and they don't sound happy and they don't look happy. So you automatically don't really find them sincere. So my request always is, if you're going to be happy about anything, you really need to have a whole lot of happy happening on your face. Okay? Um, and then the other place to think about this is, you know, day to day, is should you ever have to apologize for anything? And the fastest way to make my point about this is if you've ever had to call kind of Verizon customer service, right? Um, you know, because you'll call them up and you'll be freaking out, you know, because you've dropped your telephone in the washing machine, for example. And, uh, and they'll say, you know, I'm so sorry that happened to you. <laughs> and at which point I usually stop them and I say, I'm going to make you so much better at your job. So if you're going to be sorry about anything, I really need regret. Like, I'm so sorry. Don't I sound like I mean that? Um, and again, day to day, where does this come up most frequently? It comes up with people's voicemail greeting. And I'll tell you a story to make my point. I was working one day with one of my clients and he's in, you know, private wealth management, whatever that is. And uh, so we called his voicemail greeting to listen to it. And it said, you know, hey, you know, this is so-and-so, and I am sorry I missed your call. And I said, sweetie, can't sound like you're at Disney World, right? Because all that greeting does is make me think that you've taken my money and left for the Cayman Islands. So if you're going to be sorry, I really need genuine regret in your tone. Okay, so there are a few places this doesn't work. Um, if, for example, you're working with somebody, if you were working customer service and someone's called in and they're very upset and you've been genuinely sorry and you've meant it and your tone has sounded that way um, and you've wallowed with them and you've looped them and you've offered them choices and they're really not letting go of it, then you want to channel what I refer to as your inner New York restaurant hostess. And she's the one who, if you get to the restaurant, she's like, oh, you know, your table's going to be another half an hour. And you're like, all right. Because there's such a really bizarre disconnect between how happy she seems about the information that you're getting and the words that are coming out of her mouth. So again, this is kind of the last resort um, when you need to. But as my client mentioned to me the other day, she's finding it super useful with her teenagers. Because these days she's just saying to them, oh, no, you can't have the car keys. Okay, bye-bye. Um, and they're just, you know, folding because they find it so weird that mom seems so happy, but they're not getting the car. Uh, so you want to think about that with your tone. If you do a lot of work on conference calls or... Um, if you do, you know, telephone interviews, I always do recommend doing them standing because standing automatically gives your voice so much more energy and enthusiasm. 
And in my dream world, if you can, you want to do them looking in a mirror because it's impossible to look at yourself in the mirror and not amuse yourself, okay? So you're gonna be like, I'm so funny and I'm so interesting and your voice is gonna follow along with all of that. So all of those things come into play. Again, when people can't see you and they, you've lost 55% of your impact, you wanna have that full toolbox of tonal possibilities. Other things to think about, this is more for women than for men, simply because women naturally have higher voices. But everybody needs to think about the importance of speaking from their diaphragm, all right? Which is, um, if you put your hands on your abdomen and you breathe, sorry, my cat's about to walk across. I've got the cat and the dog here. Hello, everybody. Um, <laughs> if you put your hands on your, your abdomen and you breathe, you should be able to hear, have your hands move when you're breathing. And that means that your diaphragm is engaged, which means that your voice is down in this lowest possible register. And the difference is, and if I can do it, if I'm not speaking from my diaphragm, I'm speaking from up here. So I'm, you know, I actually have no authority. And it's also just really hard to get air. Um, and, you know, for a lot of my clients, part of the reason they hire me is because they're nervous about doing public speaking. And I'll say to them, you know, what happens when you start to speak in public? And they'll say, you know, I turn red and I start to sweat and my voice shakes. And usually what's happening is, you know, they haven't taken a deep breath in the last five minutes. So, yeah, they're, 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 their body's starting to shut down. And um, so you really just need to make sure that you've got that really deep diaphragmatic breathing which gives you a lot of authority when you need it. Other things to think about in terms of tonal quality is you want to make sure that you are not falling into upspeak. And upspeak is, as you know, maybe perhaps when everything sounds like a question. So for example, that might be, you know, my name is Frances. <laughs> and now you're wondering, you know, does she even know what her name really is? Um, so really you've got to get down on the end of that sentence. And as you're speaking, just really making sure that you don't have that in there, um, where everything sounds like you're not 100% sure about it, particularly if you're a younger person and you're attempting to seem more authoritative. So you, you've got to hit that. Another you know, common phenomenon in terms of tonal quality these days is vocal fry, which has come to us courtesy mainly of the Kardashians. Um, you know, I don't know if any of you have ever watched that program, but if you do, you know, they just talk like this and they stay in the same range the whole time. And it's just like, oh my God, I love my sister Courtney so much. She's amazing. I love her. <laughs> don't do that. Um, you really you want to vary your tonal quality as much as possible. It's what keeps people awake. So if you're not sure about how that's done or even how to practice, a really great and easy way to do that is if you ever have to read children's books to your own kids, to your nephews and nieces, really to anybody, because it's impossible, you know, if you're reading, it's always like there's a mama bear and a papa and there's a baby bear. And you really get to see what happens with the tone of your voice. So you really want to use that to make yourself as interesting and as memorable as possible. Okay, so 55% of your impact comes from what your body is doing while you're speaking. And this means that when you're standing, you really want to be standing, what's known as if you've ever gone through any kind of acting classes, standing in neutral. And standing in neutral is just standing with your arms by your sides and with your weight in both feet. 
And it's not a really normal or comfortable place for most of us to stand. We cross our arms across our chest or we put them in front of our groin or we fold them behind our back. And we're trying to shield ourselves in all of these different ways. But the easiest way to seem authoritative and in command of the situation is just to allow your arms to hang by your sides. And again, to keep your weight in both feet. So beginning to practice that in moments that are not super high stakes because you need to get that under your belt. As I said, it's not a normal way for anybody to stand. And so you want to make sure that you've got it in your back pocket for when you need it. Other things to think about, um, and one of the things I talk with people a lot about is how to sit in a chair, um, which always sounds funny to my friends because they, they really can't believe that I get paid um, to help people learn how to sit in a chair. <laughs> but it's true, I do. So one of the things, I'll tell you a story to make my point. I was working one day with one of my clients who was getting taped all the time by Access Hollywood and Entertainment Tonight, and they were never using the tape. And you know, this boss called me and said, can you please come in and meet with him? And yeah, I love my job, sure. And this guy walked in, and uh, I'm gonna tilt the camera down so you can see me. He walks in and he sits down in the chair and he goes, well. <laughs> And he was literally sitting in um, meetings or being taped like this, you know, for television. And so obviously people were not using the tape. So my request is, if you're going to be in a chair, um, I would really want you to be sitting up and forward in the chair. I don't want you all the way on the edge of the chair, okay? It's not like, oh, please pick me. But it's just with the small of your back off of the back of the chair because it gives a different level of commitment and it demonstrates a different level of commitment to the people that you're talking to. And if you can see it, this is me and I've been the whole time with the small of my back off the back of the chair. And this is me just sitting back on the chair. Right? So just making sure that you are present. And the other thing I want you to think about too is having both of your feet flat on the floor. Um, because what this does is it keeps your shoulders from shifting. Sometimes if we cross our legs, then our shoulder will shift. So people are kind of listening to you, but they're kind of wondering if you have scoliosis, right? So you want to make sure that you've got that solid foundation. The other thing that it does is it keeps you, if it's, if it's one of these super mobile chairs, I have a super mobile chair, and you can inadvertently, without realizing it, if your feet aren't grounded, start to swing. Okay. <laughs> distracting. So just making sure that you're completely grounded and present and with the back of your back off the back of the chair. I refer to it for those of you who watch Downton Abbey as the Downton Abbey dinner party, party posture, right? Because everyone sat up in such a lovely way, the small of their back off the back of the chair. The other things to think about um, is that we trust you when we can see your hands and we don't trust you when we can't. So if you are in meetings, I really want your hands on the table as much as possible. Other easy, super easy ways to build trust and to build camaraderie in meetings is to write down what people say. People love it when you write down what they say. It makes them feel special and important. Um, and it also helps them to relax. And the easiest way to make this point is, you know, if you're at a restaurant and your waiter is not writing down your order, you are panic stricken until your food arrives, right? You are convinced it's all going to be wrong. So if you are, again, in a job interview or in an important meeting with someone that you really want to have like you better, um, just, it doesn't matter. I don't care what you do with the notes afterward, but you, you know, right away, mm, yes, not, not right, right. You can throw the notes right in the rubbish bin when you're done, but make sure that you, they see you taking those notes because people do love it. 
Other easy ways to build trust is to wear blue. Um, blue is the color that we trust the most and it photographs best. So it's one of the reasons why I'm wearing this blue shirt today. Um, and within the, the spectrum of possible shades of blue, this is kind of what I'm hoping for, is this kind of cornflower or French blue. Um, it photographs really, really well, and it's easy to light. So that's, that's just another easy and, and nonverbal way to help people trust you. Um, because as you know, or perhaps this has been your experience, the minute somebody says to you, oh, you can trust me, you don't trust them. You immediately start thinking, why do they need to say that out loud? So what you're looking for are these non-verbal you know, ways to build trust and to build camaraderie in meetings and in interviews. Other things I want you to think about keeping in mind, um, even though it sounds incredibly pedantic and, and, and silly, and is I want you to pick three small talk topics before any important meeting or job interview. Because you know what can happen is you can go in and you're so prepared and everything seems like it's great, it's going so well, and you finish up and the person you're meeting with offers to walk you to the elevator. And so the adrenaline's leaving your body and you're kind of relaxing and they ask you a question and you just pick a topic out of thin air and the whole, just, the whole thing explodes in your face. So I really want you to have those things in your back pocket um, so that you have those ability to just you know, say, oh, what are nearby restaurants that you recommend? You know, do you have any plans for the weekend? Whatever it might be. But just something so that you have that fallback option um, and you don't inadvertently pick something that blows the whole thing to smithereens. When you get into people's offices, one of the things I often like people to think about is, you know, Everyone's chosen, or very often they've chosen, the decor of their office very particularly. So if someone is bothered to frame a diploma or to have, you know, a wastebasket of their favorite sports team, you want to comment on that, right? Um, because it matters to them. They've made that obvious. So just taking the time to, to notice those things, again, it's a great small talk topic. It's just to ask about it. Um, one of the things I do not recommend commenting on in those situations is if they have any framed family photos. Just because what usually or what can often happen is that people sometimes don't swap them out as frequently as possible. So, you know, they could have a family photo with their ex-husband or their ex-wife. Or they could have a picture of their kid who just got suspended from school that morning. And you really don't want to activate that <laughs> for the person that you're meeting with. So I stay away from family photos, um, even pets, you know, because the pet could be dead. Um, it's just nervous making. So yes, um, those are just, again, really simple and easy ways to build camaraderie with people as you meet with them. Another thing that I like to recommend is if you're offered coffee or you're offered water, any of those things, just say yes. Yes, thank you. Um, you don't need to get crazy. You know, if someone says, do you want coffee? You don't need to say, you know, I'd like a mocha chocolate cappuccino with six splendas. Just yes, thank you. Um, that's a really, it's a nice thing to do. The other thing that water is useful for is if you're in a meeting where people seem to be super contentious, um, just having people drink water calms everybody down. 
So if I'm going into a meeting where I know people are super stressed um, or it's likely to be uh, filled with a little bit of aggression, it's really, really useful to have a few glasses and a pitcher of water. And when emotions start running high, you can just fill a few glasses and pass it around because it's literally impossible to be angry and drink water at the same time. So you want to keep that in mind. Um, just in the few minutes I have left, one of the things that I think is always interesting and fun to talk about is negotiation. Because most of us in our lives end up negotiating one way or the other, whether we're negotiating with our boss for a raise or we're negotiating with our partner about something that we need to get done. Um, a few things that I want you to think about is I want your ask to be super clear. Okay, so you don't want anybody guessing about whether or not you're asking for a raise and you don't want anybody guessing about, you know, the fate, what it is that you need to have accomplished. And even though it seems really, really crazy to have to spell it out in microscopic detail, it's a smart thing to do. So, you know, <clears throat> again, if you're talking to your spouse and you say, please take out the garbage, you really need to say, this is what that looks like to me. It means you get the garbage, you tie the sack, you take it to the laundry, to the garbage bin. You, you know, you put the lid on the garbage bin when you're done with it. You come back in, you put a new bag in the container, right? Because the job isn't done. Because if I then open the, you know, the, the garbage area and I have to like find the bag. All right. So being super specific, same, same. If you're saying to your boss, you know, I'd really like to start talking to you about flex time. You know, you flex time might mean something very different to your boss than it does to you. You know, he or she might think that means you want Fridays off. Instead, you want, you know, you want to be able to leave at 3 p.m. every day. So you really need to be super specific. I want to talk to you about flex time. That looks like me arriving at 11 a.m. That looks like whatever, me taking Fridays off. Be super specific. Um, another thing to think about with negotiation is you don't want to pounce on people because it just makes them tense. So you want to set up that time to talk to the person before you begin making your super clear ask. And when you make that request for the time, you want to make it clear that they're not in trouble. So I want to talk to you about something that's important to me. Can you let me know when would be a good time for you? Okay. Um, just don't pounce on people. And also the other thing does is it forces you to get organized and come up with your clear ask. The final thing to think about with negotiation and the time I have left is once you make your request, you need to stop talking. Because what happens a lot is we'll say, you know, I'm really hoping for flex time. And for me, that that would look like I would come in at 11 and I would leave at three and I wouldn't take lunch. But I mean, I understand if that's really hard for you. And so if you don't want to do that, but no, don't start doing other people's negotiating for them. Make your request and then stop talking. So on that note, I'm going to take my own good advice. I'm going to stop talking um, because I know I've been talking for quite a while. And I really do thank you for your attention and for tuning in today. If you want to know more, um, as I mentioned, I've got three books, How to Wow, The Wow Factor, and Wow Your Way into the Job of Your Dreams. You can find them on my website, francescolejones.com. You can also find there an Ask a Question button. And uh, those questions roll directly to my cell phone, and I do answer all of them. 
maybe not within 24 hours, but I will answer all of them. So please do, if you have any questions about anything I've said today, or if you have any questions about what's going on in your life, send me a note. I'm happy to respond. And thank you. Friends, if you like this episode of the LeadX Leadership Podcast, please take a minute, leave a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. Ratings are invaluable for attracting new listeners. And I like to convert those listeners into leaders because you know I'm on a mission to spark 100 million leaders in the next 10 years. And if you want to become the boss everyone fights to work for and nobody wants to leave, check out the LeadX platform with Coach Amanda at leadx.org. And if you have 10 or more managers who could use some binge-worthy training, send me an email at info at leadx.org, L-E-A-D-X dot O-R-G, and we'll talk about getting you set up with a totally free pilot for those managers. See if they like it. If they don't, that's fine. We go away. Part as friends. But if they love it, you've just found yourself a new resource for them. Remember, leadership is influence. You're always leading. How are you going to lead today? <laughs>